When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Actually, Beverly, how does it feel to be back on the Clippers, the Clippers' new season? Um, LeBron James, tough opponent. Kawhi Leonard as your teammate. How does it feel? Thank you. <laughs> okay, now the, the the easy joke from a lot of people is going to be, that's probably the same video that they could have taken when he was notified he was traded to the Timberwolves, but that is not true. Patrick Beverly tweeted yesterday how excited he is to play with a group of young, hungry players ready to make a push for the, uh, the 10 seed playing game. This is Mackie and Judd, Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. And uh, boys, it's Reckless Speculation Thursday here on the show. Probably our Reckless Speculation. favorite day of the week. And we welcome in Darren Doogie Wolfson from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department and the Scoop Podcast for inside information about your favorite Minnesota sports teams. Happy holiday, everybody. It's finally Happy here. Thursday. Hello, Phil. Hello, Judd. Hello, Declan. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. And dude, let's be clear, every day, every day, if you live the proper lifestyle, and I do, it's a reckless speculation day, but on Thursdays, we celebrate. Yeah. On Thursdays, we officially acknowledge the greatness it's my of reckless of week. speculation. And sometimes, you know what happens, Doogie? Reckless speculation comes true, and that's what dreams are made of. It really is. So let, let's start. So Pat, Patrick Beverly just staring at the camera. He's he's an odd dude. He uh, definitely is considered one of the dirtier players in the NBA. We also have an update from Doogie on a 20-year-old international phenom Leandro Balmaro. But Dukes, we got Balmaro in town. We got Patrick Beverly coming to town. So let's just start with Timberwolves. And uh, you feel free to just dump your notebook all over the show here. Fire away. Well, on Beverly... Now, maybe that was his reaction when he found out on Sunday night he was on his way to Memphis. It's possible, although everything he said about the Wolves, you could argue, should hold true if he had been a member of the Grizzlies. But I'm told he is fine with this trade. He has a prior relationship with Gerson Rosas, with Chris Finch. He is connected with the Wolves team leaders in terms of, of players. He's okay with this transaction. Now, I know there is already... Some national steam, Bally Sports, not locally Bally Sports, but some national steam connecting the L.A. Lakers to Patrick Beverly if the Wolves buy him out. I can tell you, Phil, the Wolves are not buying out Patrick Beverly anytime soon. Now, if the season goes south and it's March 15th, okay, we can have a different discussion. But right now, the idea is for Patrick Beverly 
to help these guys out. It all came together. I mean, clearly, right? When when the Clippers make the trade they made with the Grizzlies on Sunday night, then by Tuesday morning, Beverly is traded here. Clearly, things happened pretty fast. I am told there were some members of the Wolves front office that were caught off guard. I mean, this was Gerson Rosas doing his thing, not necessarily a collaborative effort. Now, his defense, and I think it's probably a fair one, is it all happened literally so fast. It's not like I needed to call my multiple assistant general managers and run this transaction by them. My staff had known for a while, Jarrett Culver, Wancho Hernan Gomez, those guys were readily available. Those guys were not going to be part of the Wolves' future. So to be able to bring in a guy that we feel like can help us, toughness-wise, leadership-wise, sure, at least defensively, maybe offensively, you know, in some different spurts too, yeah, let's let's just do it. So they end up giving up about a million dollars in financial flexibility, but all things considered, it's a transaction I certainly would have made. I think the fair conversation to have is, would you rather just have Ricky Rubio? That if you go back to the Rubio, Torrey, and Prince trade, Mm-mm. which created almost $5 million of financial flexibility, and you really didn't do much with that. Now, there's still some offseason to be had, but really, you haven't done anything with that. Would you rather just have Ricky Rubio compared to Patrick Beverly? But in a bubble, just this singular transaction, Culver, Hernan Gomez going out, Beverly coming in, I'm a thumbs up on that particular move. So, Dukes, you know, this is obviously a good addition defensively and a guy who's going to help them in an area where they badly need help. What does this now do to the to the Ben Simmons possibilities? And is this uh, a move for a much lesser player, but a guy who can defend? Because Gerson basically has looked at what the Sixers want and said he can't do it. Or is this a stopgap just in case that they can't get a guy like Simmons, who would obviously help in a lot of ways and defensively especially, but at least this brings in a guy who embraces that side of the floor where – Obviously, a lot of guys on this team don't. Well, I mean, Judd, certainly the latter, maybe the former. I mean, this I know for a fact. Daryl Morey had zero interest. Who can fault him? He had zero interest in Hernan Gomez and Culver. Morey, like Rosas, from their days together in Houston, has a history with Patrick Beverly, right? So uh, there is a thought that Morey is a fan of Patrick Beverly. Could Beverly help Philadelphia later in the season as they still feel like they have a chance to win an uber-competitive Eastern Conference? Yeah, he probably could. But, like, I just – I don't see how Beverly is the guy that puts these talks over the top. Like, you still need to involve a third team. You still need to be able to put multiple future first-round picks, probably at least one unprotected – on the table, you need to put Jaden McDaniels on the table. But sure, in terms of, of evening out the numbers, in terms of sending out money, yeah, I do think probably, you know, the idea of Beverly heading to Philadelphia would help out in those talks. But I still look at the Wolves, Judd, as a long shot. They can continue to pester Philadelphia all they want. I still look at the Wolves as a long shot to land Ben Simmons. Hey, before we get to uh, Balmaro, because I, I I tend to think that this was kind of the big like, – I don't think there's another big move coming this offseason. I think their improvements are going to be sort of on the margins through free agency and trades. They made a couple trades, and then I think 
It's going to be Chris Finch full off season and training camp to implement his system and Edwards hitting 40 foot three point jumpers and workouts. Like I just think it's going to everything is going to come sort of from within here, um, whether that's going to be whether that's going to work or not. But Doogie, what you know, we talked about Ben Simmons. Miles Turner was a hot name for a long time. Uh, Pascal Siakam, some of these other names that have been floated as as being available, but nothing has happened with them yet. Any insight at all whatsoever in some of these other names? Well, I mean, there's Laurie Markinen, you know, yeah. our mutual friend Dane Moore had the note about Marcus Smart, and I had the note a few weeks ago that Brad Stevens, who now runs the Celtics, checked in on Ricky Rubio, uh, but Boston wasn't moving Marcus Smart. Brad Stevens loves. Marcus Smart. So uh, the Wolves, Gerson is doing what he typically does. Like he goes star chasing, semi star chasing. He makes a lot of inquiries, but like a lot of them just aren't realistic. Miles Turner, he ain't gone anywhere. Maybe eventually fail, but like Rick Carlisle gets four years, 29 million. Indiana feels like they can make a jump in the Eastern Conference with Carlisle now leading the way with TJ Warren back with a full year of Karis Levert. And, you know, Sabonis getting better and Brogdon maybe taking another step forward and having Turner. So, like, what was the pathway to landing Miles Turner? But they'll continue to try. I don't think the idea, Phil, was heading into August 1st, August 2nd. I don't think the idea was for this to be the plan. But, yeah, I think they'll be able to sell the idea of, okay, Chris Finch, full training camp, full season. How about the idea of of D'Lo, Ant, Cat? playing together for a sustainable stretch that really didn't happen last year. Jada McDaniels getting that much better. Heck, Malik Beasley missed a good portion of games last year. So, you know, maintaining his presence, at least offensively on the court, him being able to to help you out. But I'm just telling you, Phil, I don't think the idea, I really don't. I don't think the idea heading into August 1st was let's just run this thing back and hope that we can make a jump into the top 10. On Balmaro now, it, he's here. Um, what's the plan there? It sounds like from what you were saying, Dukes, he's going to sign. And do you think he starts the season on the Wolves roster or probably starts in Iowa and then eventually, if things go well, gets moved up? Well, I mean, I think he's going to need some G League time eventually. But, you know, being around Finch, his teammates, just practicing with the Wolves, I don't think is necessarily – a bad thing. His performance in Tokyo was, for lack of a better term, pretty uninspiring. He did have a really good two-month finish with his team overseas. Didn't have a good start of the season, but his finish of the season was really good. There's a lot to like there. Like I'm convinced from talking to to personnel people, really more so texting, but that if Bolmaro was in this year's draft, mm-hmm. he would have gone higher. Then he went last November. So where did he go last November? 22 or 23, whatever it was. He would have gone higher. And I don't know if that means 14, 15, 16, but he would have gone higher. That based on the finish he had, he's got enough fans in the league that that he would have been a, a mid-first round type pick. Who knows? Maybe even, even higher. So there's enough there to like. But like with any player outside of Luka Doncic, who's, you know, out of this world, who was an MVP overseas at the age of like 16 or 17. Outside of, you know, that one example, maybe one other example, there's just, there's an adjustment period for a kid coming from from overseas. But he'll end up signing his 
his four-year rookie contract, you know, the last two years with with team options. The Wolves now should have around six and a half to seven million dollars below the luxury tax. The idea is to still re-sign Jared Vanderbilt on Jordan McLaughlin because you look at the Patrick Beverly move and you say, okay, where does McLaughlin fit in? I'm told Rosas had a conversation with the McLaughlin camp. There's still some desire being expressed to find a way to, to retain McLaughlin. But what's interesting there is, so the second free agency opened a few Mondays ago. What was it? August 2nd, whatever that mm-hmm. first Monday in August was. So Gerson Rosas, Chris Finch, a couple other Wolf staff members are out in Los Angeles. The first free agent meeting they had was with Jordan McLaughlin. They sold him on being ready to hand him, you know, more of the keys of the offense pretty much telling him, hey, we want you to be our number two point guard. So it's just, it's fascinating to me how much can change over the course of just a couple weeks. Just a reminder that it's a cutthroat business. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Any talk of family, kumbaya, you know, we're all in this together, collaboration, you know, that stuff makes me want to vomit. It's just, it's not true. Now the Wolves haven't really talked much about that in the last handful of months. Maybe when Rosas took over, but thankfully they've shifted away from a decent amount of of that dialogue. And I would have made the Beverly move. I get it, but I'm just saying, based on what they told McLaughlin, you know, it's just interesting how that situation has changed, you know, so much. Um, I have a Balmoral question here in a in a second. Uh, but these scoops presented by Doogie are brought to you guys by Federated Mutual Insurance Company. And uh, there are a bunch of Timberwolves fans there. They've had a long-time partnership with the Timberwolves and the Lynx. And uh, they've been partnering with businesses and business owners for over 100 years. Based in Owatonna, they're one of us. And you can find them online at federatedinsurance.com if you want to find out more about the resources and the risk management tools they can offer to your business to help maximize it. Federatedinsurance.com. And at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Um, so uh, on Balmaro... What do you think the Wolves think his upside is? I mean, for for this season, they really, I mean, they're not looking for a savior this season. That's kind of the nice thing for him is, you know, in, in other circumstances in Wolves history, there might be a time where people are like, oh, my God, come save the franchise. Like, right? Like, even with the Wild and Kaprizov, it's like, please come over here and make this team relevant again. The Wolves only really need, like, 12 minutes a game and some three-point shooting and not be a train wreck in the other areas this season from Balmara. But what does the franchise think his upside can be, Doogie? I mean, maybe it's what they thought Jarrett Culver could be a year ago, not when they initially, you know, drafted him sixth overall in 2019. But after seeing him for a year, you know, then tempering expectations, you know, maybe something along those lines. And certainly not immediately. I'm not talking November December, maybe toward the end of the year, maybe more so one season from now. But yeah, that, a guy that's got two-way potential, so certainly can be above average defensively, mm-hmm. if not good defensively, maybe not great, but but certainly good. And a guy that, that can knock down three-pointers, that can get to the hole, can get to the free-throw line, create offense. Yeah, I think they feel like, hey, You know, he can guard multiple positions, so he's got that much more position flexibility. So I feel like, you know, they feel like he can be a guy that can be a rotation piece on a playoff team. 
So, Dukes, I, I did an Instagram live on the Vikings last night, and the biggest look, look question... Sick brag right there, by the, the way, by well, but I got I got yeah, one seriously. big question, though. I got one big question, <laughs> and the question I got from everybody was, Everson Griffin's workout, how did he look? Now, I, I had to explain, we are not allowed in to watch that. And so it took place in the morning on Wednesday, but we didn't see it. What have you heard about how his... Uh, workout went and i think there was an immediate assumption that he was just going to sign which like isn't always how this works so what's your analysis of also where things stand as the vikings at least give consideration to bringing him back i'll answer that question in a second but i have a question to throw back at you when you did your instagram live yeah were you sober uh i was uh, on my first early i was on my first all right well considering your Hundred percent sober. Yeah, your tolerance. Yeah, you would have been. Yeah, plenty sober. So, yep. so I was and, and even if you weren't, if you were inebriated, it's still entertaining, Judd. Yeah. So well, yeah. To, well, yeah, I'm not I'll looking to be. I'm not looking to be like completely drunk. No. But I Listen, I just want to tell you that that the, the the power of of Score North here, Judd Zolgad is now an Instagram and a TikTok star, and Patrick Roycey, as of yesterday, is now a YouTube star. Okay. Correct. So we, we got to get Roycey these old the Codger media Star Tribune that. guys. We got to get Roycey dancing on the TikTok. That's the only way that, that this is going to work for me. That will be bum, a career bum. highlight if if you make that happen. All right, let me answer your question, Judd. You're right. I mean, the Vikings bring in a punter the other day, and I think a lot of people thought after Colquitt's underwhelming performance on Saturday against Denver that the Vikings would sign the punter, right? That they need right. some punting competition in camp. No. Uh, they're not signing that punter, maybe down the road, but not right now. They're not signing that punter. So they so bring so guys they're, they're, they're just doing it to, like, scare the incumbent, right? All right, Britton, you had a bad game. Now you're going to have to watch your potential replacement for two hours at, at the practice facility. We're not going to sign him. We just want to scare you a little bit. And he's been around enough where I don't think it scared him. <laughs> I don't think he cares. you know. But on Griffin, so I can tell you from somebody that was able to watch him, because you're right. Uh, reporters did not have access to the workout. I'm told, Judd, he looked, quote, explosive. He looked good. Now, when contemplating uh, the idea of signing Everson, it's detailed, right? It's a process. There's a lot of layers there, right? You got to make sure Everson mentally is in the right spot. But just from a physical standpoint, I am told he looked really, really good. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. I do wonder what his first interaction is going to be like with reckless speculation. Oh, Kirky boy. Um, Just because he called him boy. Can you imagine the replies on that? So the Vikings tweeted out that it's Kirk Cousins' birthday. I haven't had a chance to to look at the replies, but can you imagine the replies to that particular tweet? Was that this morning? It was this morning, yeah. I need to find this. This is amazing. I mean, there are a lot. I mean, Kirk has a huge, huge group of diehard fan here we go happy birthday kirk oh there's only 23 replies on it no oh. now there's a, now there's 86 actually it's <laughs> early. i was gonna say and it, okay, it's early go. come on oh my god um all right i'll go i'll go through some of these maybe for later in the show yeah save um, it for later and okay. let me remind people Reckless <laughs> yeah. those who don't like kirk what's the alternative Anything what else? was the alternative Prior, what's the alternative? Well, Doogie, now? It's, I, th- I think it depends on what you're talking about when you say prior. In 2018, it was the right move. I think, yes. like we we all saw the Case Keenum, the 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 pumpkin was the the carriage was turning into a pumpkin. We all thought, and so you got to get a more of a solidified quarterback in here. And people always say, well, Case Keenum had the number one defense in the NFL in 2017, and 
you know, Kirk's had garbage around him. The Vikings had the fourth best yardage defense in the NFL in 2018 and missed the playoffs. Uh, that was that was the real like 2018 was the real opportunity and Kirk played really poorly in some big games. Um, and then since then, the defense has sort of eroded. The offensive line has had a lot of moving parts and has not been great. And so there are some built in reasons and excuses. But I think when they decided to extend him and not just extend him, but make him the to the cap, the second and third highest paid quarterback in the NFL for 2021 and 22 they put themselves in a really tough spot. That's it. And, yeah. and yes, yeah. they made they they made a bunch of really great savvy short term contract moves this off season, despite that contract. But that contract is a huge part of the reason, and his inability to overcome some of the deficiencies on the roster, it's a huge part of the reason why they're going to start Oli Udo and Rashad Hill as forty percent of their offensive line. And so, like, is he? A, it, Kirk Cousins is definitely going to prevent you from winning only like four or five games. You're not going to be a disaster with Kirk Cousins because he's good enough. But he's just sort of checkmate when it comes to being the best possible team that you can be because he can't overcome the deficiencies that his contract presents to the roster. So, anyways, that's my piece. (laughs) That's all fair. Yeah, I mean, I don't need to double down on that. I agree with exactly what you just said, Phil. It's it's that second contract. In 2018, 100% the right move. Yep. Uh, what else you got? Empty the bag here before we have to kick you to your uh, your A job here, Dukes. Well, yeah, the A job entails doing one of these with Derek Falvey in a few minutes for a TV piece Sunday night. I mean, I only really have so many things I need to ask, Derek. It is fun, the run that they're on, but, like, what does it really mean? Heck, I'd rather have them lose some games and get a higher draft pick. There's a kid uh, that's uh, atop the, the 2022 uh, draft list, a kid by the name of Elijah Green. I had a a baseball executive tell me earlier this summer that if tanking was a thing in baseball, teams would tank for this kid, that he's wow. the best draft prospect in about four or five years, maybe going back to Bobby Wood Jr., so maybe a few years, but very, very special talent. But the Twins are way too good. I said it at the time, they were too good, but certainly now they're way too good to be picking super high up in the draft. Otherwise, I'll just I'll get some injury updates. I did tell Judd on, on Tuesday, Phil, and I don't, it was actually Declan. It was, it was me. Oh, yeah, it was Declan. Yeah, Judd it was, was Declan. gone. A little COVID right, test were, for Vikings. Yeah, you were at Vikings. You were getting, getting a, my a nose COVID swabbed. Test. Yeah. yeah. Very in, exciting. In fact, thank you for the reminder. I got to do that here in the in the next couple of days. Hopefully the, the trailer is open for us. I know it's open for Adam Thielen, Harrison Smith, and those guys, Kirk Cousins. I don't know oh, if it's still open for just us. Just put right in. No yeah, I'll just I'll, I'll pop Adam, right come in. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I told Declan, well, maybe I told you Judd last Thursday. Who knows? Days blend together. But, Phil, I don't think you were a part of it because I think you were away on business. That I actually think there's a pathway to the Twins signing Byron Buxton long term. That, yeah, the Twins need to go higher than the $80 million guaranteed. Yeah. But I do think now that they've moved off the Barrios money, they won't invest long term in Barrios. I would not be surprised if the Twins eventually lock up Byron Buxton long term. They should. They should. I know people are all well. We hit you know, and even this year, it's validating again. Why isn't he? Why wasn't he back a month ago? Like every every injury takes you know six months to iron out for him. And despite that, I just think even if he only plays like ninety or hundred games, the Twins are so good when he plays the last three years that you just have to sort of roll the dice. And listen, there's been guys. Paul Molitor was hurt throughout his entire twenties, and then all of a sudden just became this durable force in his thirties. Right? I mean. You'd like to take advantage of Buxton's speed while he has it, but I would rather take the chance 
and cross my fingers on him staying healthy than watch him do all of those things for some other team. That's right. That's exactly it. And hey, Dukes. the power isn't going to go anywhere. He's got legit power now. I think the power will be there as he turns 31, 32, 33. Hey, yeah, yeah. In, a tact- in a tactful way, can you ask Derek Falvey what this team has learned from the failure to put Akil Badu on the 40-man and the Lamont Wade Jr. trade um, and then insinuate you kept Jake Cave for this? Yeah. I, think there's, I think there's a way to ask that question, and, I mean, it, it's a legit question. Um, Jake Cave is here. Wade is in San Fran, and I think he's played very well. Uh, Badu is obviously a guy – I mean, the 40-man – not the 25, the 40, man. So I'd just be curious to know from an assessment standpoint, personnel-wise, what they've learned from those decisions because they've definitely come back to bite them. Yeah, I mean, fair question. I think Badu is a bit more defensible than Wade Jr. just based on the lack of activity last year. Mm-hmm. When you look at, at his injury history, you know, him not climbing above a – like there were things – to point at with Badu, you know, even if he's a physical specimen, I think there were some things to point at and say, we just don't know. We don't have enough of a book on him. Yeah, let's take the risk. We can expose him. We don't need to use a 40-man spot on him. On Lamont Way Jr., yeah. You know, and I don't I didn't think he'd be maybe this good immediately for the Giants. But yeah, to trade just the idea of trading a player like that for a reliever. And now you see that the reliever was here for what, like all of one or two appearances. It just yeah, I don't know if that necessarily they adds DFA'd up, right? him. Yeah, they they you DFA'd just, him in like May. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> but even if they didn't DFA him, I don't think you trade a, a guy with with potential like Lamont Wade Jr. Right. for a reliever. You don't trade us. You don't trade center fielders, catchers, and shortstops for relief pitchers. You just don't. I mean, I mean, they traded Wilson Ramos for Matt Caps because he was a closer, and they were desperate eleven years ago. But even then, that was that was a first guess. And we have an old bad tweet exposed from Phil Mackey on that exact topic oh, no, for later dude. today. Oh no, dude, come on! Oh no, looks Mike, looks like my connection is cracking. <laughs> up here. I have to I'm leave. Not Goodbye. Able to. There's the show. Uh, all right, reckless speculation Thursday. <laughs> reckless speculation. Darren Doogie Wolfson. You can find him on Twitter at d Wolfson KSTP. The Scoop Podcast every week on scorenorth.com and also the five eyewitness news sports department dukes enjoy the rest of your week we'll see you next week take it easy boys and just a reminder yeah on the twitter thing like you know i'm talking with declan on tuesday i didn't have an inkling on tuesday about this everson griffin workout tryout however you want to you know explain it you know then it just falls into my lap on on wednesday then i think a lot of different reporters picked up on it but yeah just you know if i get something i'll, I'll certainly tweet it out so yeah shameless plug well, but yeah, D. Wolfson, KSTP on Twitter. Love it. There he is. He is the godfather of reckless speculation. Well, reckless shooter, speculation. Charlie no, Walters is part of the godfather. Said before that. Too. He's the prince. He's the prince of reckless speculation. <laughs> a lot of. The modern day pharaoh of <laughs> reckless speculation. All right, see you, boys. Thanks, right. Doogie. Bye. See you, Doogie. Yeah, he's got to go talk to uh, Derek Falvey. Just want to know. Dude, yeah, they, want... traded, they traded Lamont Wade Jr. for Sean. Is it Sean Anderson? Yeah. Oh, and God, the, the problem is. This is not a joke. Jake Depew, our friend from Talking Twins on uh, Mondays, spent two years telling me Wade's really good, man. He is really his at bat. I mean, he like, was like he's patient hitter. He draws walks. It was a total. But I mean, it was a total first guess. It was a complete Absolutely. first guess. Don't do this. Don't do this. And he and and last year Depew said 
you know, Jake Cave sticks around. Wade's better than that. And now we've seen it. Yeah, so. I think Jake Cave, was it last night? Or no, it might have been because they played a day game yesterday. I can't remember. He definitely had one of those classic, like, diving Jake. All out dive yesterday. with zero chance to catch the ball. Yeah, yesterday's game. <laughs> Just love it. Um, okay, so reckless speculation Thursday here. Uh, I noticed in the 30-minute session there with, with Doogie, the scoop session, we actually didn't really talk any Minnesota Wild. Mm-hmm. So their offseason has also kind of slowed down here. And I'm wondering if the Judd's Hockey Show tandem here, if you guys have any thoughts or any ideas Wild-related. Kaprizov is still sitting out there, hasn't signed a contract yet. They got Fiala locked in. Yep. Uh, the Jack Eichel stuff has gone kind of cold, so... Let's let's carve out some time here and recklessly speculate. Reckless speculation on the Minnesota Wild. So, I believe it was in write that down yesterday that I predicted that Kirill Kaprizov is going to receive a five year, five years at nine million per year. So five times nine. Um, and I guess Russo had reported the same thing at, at some point in time, which full disclosure I had not seen. Uh, but, also, full disclosure, we'll stand up for Judd here. Judd floated that multiple hours before Mike Russo floated it. So there, maybe, may, be, there may be a new hockey and, whisperer in town here. There may be a new uh, Adam Schefter of Minnesota Wild reporting yeah, here. I don't know. Judd, Judd has my these sources, numbers just floating in his head. My sources are telling me what I'm hearing right now. Beautiful uh, mind. Um, but the thing is, the Kirill, the Kirill contract is going to get done at something like that almost for sure. So, so like this is not a wow five five year. Um, the Wilds not going to sign him to a three year contract, okay? Maybe four, but they want five because they originally were saying seven or eight years. And eight, by the way, post Prezi and Suter contracts, eight years is the longest the team can retain a player for. If you sign a player who's not on your team, I believe the max term on that is seven years. So he's going to fall somewhere in the five-year range. And here's here's the problem. I don't understand why it's not done now, because this is not going to change. The Wild, just to be very clear, the Wild owns his rights. So they own him for three more years, okay? So if he wants to go back to Russia, he can. That's that's his option. Um but clearly, when your agent is just threatening, which this is all this guy is doing, you know, September 1st, the deal's done, unless the Wild stops us from doing it. Please. Oh, my pen is hovering over the signature of this K of this please. Russian Hockey League. <laughs> Look at, I'm going to sign it. I'm going to sign it. Billy, and, you better call me. And if he goes back or if he just decides I'm not going to play for the Wild, we're talking about the Wild saying, okay, we have $9 million additional potential dollars in the cap to work with, which is a lot, especially in this cap. And they're not going to trade him. So like, there's no, this is what confuses me about this is this is a negotiation, but it's a very small one. Like Mm -hmm. this is not a, well, if we don't like what you're offering us, we will demand a trade and you will trade us. You can't force them to to be trade. Okay. The Kirill Kaprizov camp, the agent can't force the wild to trade the player. The wild can literally squat on his rights for three years. So and also the so the wild initially it sounds like really wanted like a seven or an eight year like a, just a long term. What's the max you can do right now? Eight, eight, eight to retain seven if you're from the outside with mm-hmm. a different team and you're coming to a new team. So they wanted eight, obviously, because he's sure. amazing and you just want to lock him up through his prime. 
and he's saying, well, I've, I really – nit, nit is what he's saying. And he really wants to hit free agency again and cash in before he's out of his prime. Right. If it winds up being five years, I think that's a win for the Wild. Like three is kind of a loss for the Wild because, yes. like, well, listen, we'll take it. But 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 five is like, all right, you're going to get him for basically the five best years of his career. Not that yep. he's going to be cooked at age 29, but, like, these next five years are probably going to be the most agile, the fastest, like the, the best he's going to be in his career if it winds up being a five-year contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, three years is is not only to use your word, Phil, a loss. I don't think they would do it. I, I think they I think they would say we have so much power and control. We're not power. doing three. Four years probably gets into the range where you might consider it, and five years is the compromise. But that's mm-hmm. the thing is mm-hmm. the the agent is acting like he's representing a guy who's at this point an unrestricted free agent. He's not like you. You have to. You have to come to a middle ground here. And, and Kaprizov's agent, and I don't know if this is what like he promised the family or the player or what, uh, but he's acting like he's got leverage, which he's got some, but it's very, very small. So it's just confusing why they – it's confusing what the agent wants now because I think the offer is there. I think it's probably very fair. Sign it. And you know what? At some point in time – you're going to get your payday. Like yeah. it's going to come. Uh, but but keep in mind too. This is still a huge payday though. Like well, this is a if you're making like nine million dollars a year, like Sounds nice. my God, dude, you're coming off one and, year in the NHL. And keep in mind too, you were a fifth round draft pick of Chuck Fletcher in the wild in 2015, right? You elected to sign and keep signing in Moscow and playing in the KHL. You could have triggered yourself to be in prime position to be a an unrestricted free agent around this time if you had come over quicker but he didn't and and you guys both recall the machinations about chuck fletcher's going to moscow to talk to him and now paul fetton is and there's they're sending emails and texts and and you know going and talking to his parents um he elected to stay and then and then he elected to at some point in time in the past couple of years change agents uh but the agent can't work miracles like what he did was right or wrong he forfeited his ability to gain the leverage that he wants now and so yeah phil you're right he's going to get a big payday he should be happy uh it's going to be a fair contract but acting like oh man i should be free to get whatever i want and if i don't you should trade me and i might go back to moscow all of this is just it, it's bluff after bluff after bluff and the problem is it's not a bluff that you can't see through here okay w- one more thing and then i'll shut up so that declan can jump in here too but like what i don't understand is why is this not just a celebration this off season of wow this dude just emerged as one of the best players in the mm-hmm. nhl the Wild wants to give him literally like eight, nine, ten million dollars a year on a multi-year contract and change the entire financial scope of his life, his kids, his grandkids. Everyone's on board. Let's keep carrying this thing forward. Like, why is it not that? Why is there this weird sort of back and forth? It doesn't. It doesn't really add up and make sense. And then, you know, this is the other thing. Kaprizov and his agent are putting the Wild and Bill Guerin in a spot where it's almost like an arbitration hearing where. Yeah. The wild, like the wild, are almost forced to say, "Dude, like we love you, but my God, like you played one year, you weren't even yes. really good in the playoffs. Nope. So, like, we don't want to sit here and dump on you, but 
if you're just going to be unrealistic and unreasonable and play this weird game of hardball, you know, in, in a lot of cases, I will stand up for the player. Like if an NFL player feels like my knee might blow out and I need to hold my ground here and get a new contract, Dalvin Cook, right? Go get yours. This might be the only time. So most often I am siding with the millionaires over the billionaires. But in this case, it doesn't make sense. The Wild are saying, we want to, we, it, it'd be one thing if the Wild were saying, eh, we're going to pay you like $4 million. And he's like, well, some of the best players in the league make 8 nine, ten. The Wild want to pay him 8 nine, ten. They're trying to. It's over, over like five years, and, and, and his camp is sitting there saying, I don't know. I don't know. We're gonna, we, might, we might sign this KHL contract. Look at the pen, how close it is to the paper. It just it bothers me. Yeah, no, it's his agent has definitely made this made this difficult. Um, look, the the Wild had a, a great season last year. It was a little unexpected success. They took the Knights to seven games. That was all great. Um, and then the summer starts, and and everyone knew options one and two, or, or priorities one and two, I should say, were signing Kaprizov, signing Fiala, and then hopefully finding a, a center on the trade market or on the open market. Now. All of that got pushed back because, number one, the negotiations took a while. And then, two, Parisi and Suter gets, gets unexpectedly bought out. And that kind of controls the narrative for a little bit. It freed up some cap space, but then it still really delayed the process of getting these two signed. And also, like I, I know Kevin Fiala ends up signing this basically one-year make-good contract, and, he can be an R, and he's an RFA again next season. But I completely understand where Kevin Fiala is coming from saying, wait a minute, I, I just watched Joel Erickson neck. He, he finally has one really productive season. He gets an eight-year contract. I watched Kirill Kaprizov come in. And yes, he was as advertised and everything this franchise is, but he played 56 games. I've been your dude for the last 100. Where's my money? Where's my long-term contract? I want that as well. So Pay it's, him. It's Pay that man his money. Awful. Yes, it is. And I, 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 I want all these guys to get paid. I want Fiala and Kaprizov here long-term. Um, but also finding that center is going to be, I think, the most challenging part. And I think it, what, what's end up, what, what is going to end up happening is they're going to roll, and I understand this does make sense from a financial spot, is they're going to roll with Rossi and Boldy as cost-effective guys because they're making basically 900 k for the next few years, and they won't most likely break the bank long-term. So that's going to be their move. And it's honestly eerily similar to the exact situation they did nine years ago when Parisian suitors came here and said, Granlin, Nino, Coyle, Zucker, all these guys have to supplement around them. The problem was those four guys, each of them peaked or each of them grew, not at the same rate. And I think Wild fans have a big assumption that both Boldy and Rossi are at advertising, they're going to step on the ice, and they're going to be studs. And I think that's a poor, poor assumption. I think part of the thing, too, though, is that... that they're trying to build, and this might be right, it might be wrong, okay? So I'm not defending it, but I'm saying I think the thought process is they're trying to build a culture um, that they think is going to be far superior to what you had nine years back. Because I think we go back and look at what if uh, Coyle and Granland, Nino and the rest of the gang, what if they had been put into a, a culture and a locker room that was far more stable and far less selfish? And would they have developed differently? And the answer might be yes there. So I think that's part of the plan. I also think um, they're very curious to what Rossi can do here, and and he's going to get every chance to win a job. Now, I would caution against this. He should not be, much like Mond, he should not be the number one center on opening night. But if he can play, he's the three guy. I think that's absolutely fine. And eventually, the one, that would be nice. Um 
but the thing with the Kaprizov thing and where I agree is that this should have been like a celebration of mm-hmm. unexpected success. And we have a pretty good team. Like if, if people continue to play like they did, it's a pretty good team uh, that could certainly has an opportunity to make a playoff run. I think the thing about this is, is we are, and this is a weird, this is a really weird conversation because it's rare. We are looking at a one-year window to pay off last year. Uh, because yeah. when the when the buyout pain with Parisi and Suter starts, it's going to go for basically three years, okay? And there's going to be pain there. And this team might dip down. In fact, it very well might. So to the point about, uh, you know, bringing guys back and a celebration, this team has a one-year window to get its act together big time and potentially make a run. And that's that's what I don't like about where things are going right now because it, it feels like that's not being embraced. And in Fiala's case, I get it. Like, I get it. He's been around a while. He he probably wants to be uh, paid like Kaprizov. I don't think he deserves that payday. But I can see the player's point there. The Kaprizov thing drives me crazy because, dude, your time will come. But you purposely delayed coming here. And now you came here and played 56 games and playoffs and didn't play great in the playoffs and you expect to be treated like oh we are going to give you oh you want three years we'll give you three years so so that's that's the one element that i sort of don't get uh because his time will come his timing right now to do this is absolutely terrible and by the way again the team is offering you a very fair lucrative deal especially since you basically in the playoffs did like a lot of young guys do, which is struggle. Yeah. I get it. Like agents are a huge part of getting players what they deserve. You know, some people say, oh, these athletes are pampered and overpaid. It's like, well, but the owners are literally like building multi-billion dollar uh, valuation organizations off their backs. And so like the players, the players have to fight either through collective bargaining agreements or just like individual contract negotiations. And so agents are a huge part of getting players fair compensation within the market that they operate in. But sometimes agents need to know when a fair deal is a fair deal and when to stop unnecessarily digging your heels in. And I just feel like this is one of those cases. Dude, just sign the contract, man. If the Wild want to give you five years and they're going to compromise instead of eight, just sign it. You have a chance to do something big with this franchise for sure the next couple of years before uh, before the cap hits become a huge pain. So any other final... Uh, Wild thoughts or speculation before we get to some old tweets exposed from you guys? You know, I, yeah, I, I would love to get a center. Um, you know, I, the one we threw out there, which, by the way, I think has morphed from, like, yellow of reckless speculation into the orange territory, was two or three months ago when Judd and I were talking about centers that weren't named Jack Eichel, and that was Thomas Hurdle in San Jose, and I just kind of threw that against the wall. And now, all of a sudden, I feel like that's actually percolating a little bit. And San Jose okay. is in a very interesting spot, number one, because they have a PR disaster on their hands in Evander Kane. Um, two, they're in salary cap hell, and they're going to be rebuilding for a while, and they're not going to be very good. So selling off on Hurdle makes a lot of sense, but he is a UFA this time next year. So basically, who, if he is traded to any team, whether it's Minnesota or whoever it is, they're going to have to start that contract extension talk basically immediately because if Thomas Hurdle hits the open market you're talking about a, a center who's going to get nine to ten million dollars and I, I think the question with the cats uh, the cap staying flat decks is this if the wild gets him for 2021-22 can they afford him beyond that and and the other 
problem potentially is Fiala, then it would almost yeah. certainly have to go to the Sharks. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if it works from a long term standpoint, but for a year it would be damn fun. Uh, as far as Eichel goes, <clears throat> I, I think we can draw a parallel. Ben Simmons is not Eichel as far as talent goes. He he might be a wrong down, but I think we we, we can draw a parallel between what the Sixers and the Sabers are doing. Mm. They both have guys that won out, right? Yeah. They both have guys, talented guys that that won out. In Eichel's case, I think there's probably more concerns of, um, also in the locker room and off the ice than there are with with Ben Simmons. But with you know with Ben, there's clearly the concern about mm, can he shoot? Is he going to fall apart in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I think the Sixers and Sabres need to get their heads around the fact that they're dealing with two really good players. And yes, they should get a nice return. But to think that you are going to get a, a Ruthian type of return Ruthian. for guys that don't want to be there. Um, I That's that's a reach. And I think that's why on both fronts right now, uh, talks and and a lot of the things that surround those talks have probably quieted. Because both teams need to reset and accept the reality. Mm-hmm. I love it. Reckless speculation. Don't forget, you can check out uh, full episodes of Judd's Hockey Show here on the Mackie and Judd podcast feed. Also, the Score North YouTube channel. And if you just want Judd's Hockey Show, we have a separate podcast feed for those episodes as well. In addition to Reckless Speculation Thursday, every single week, Declan goes back, much to our chagrin, mm-hmm. into the Twitter archives My for too. old tweets exposed. <laughs> and these are presented today by Dennis Kirk and DennisKirk.com. When the open road calls, it's still riding season for at least a couple more months. Uh, when the open road calls, go to DennisKirk.com. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock. DennisKirk.com. All right. Hit us over the head with it. All right, I'll, for us here. I'll start with myself here. I saw a uh, a Facebook stats, which can still be used for old tweets exposed, by the way. It, all takes are open, whether it's in audio or video form, on our Twitter feeds, on our Facebook feeds. Uh, Facebook has a great and sometimes more painful tab called Memories, where you can see all your Facebook status and posts which, from that by day. the way, I don't know if I'm by stepping on your touchdown call here. You know that yesterday is the nine-year anniversary of yours truly purchasing Michael Beasley's toaster, <laughs> cheese grater, and stone gargoyle. I saw it. From his it. estate awesome. sale in Orno. But the All toaster's right. gone. The toaster is resting peacefully, is yeah. how I prefer to think of it. Generally. In what junkyard? I'm not sure. Not 100% sure. So sad. It stopped toasting a couple years ago. It, uh, it's past its prime, mm. shall we say? Got I believe cashed. we still have yeah. the cheese grater, however. So yeah. if you guys right. want some shredded cheese, courtesy of Michael Beasley... <laughs> Let me know. By the way, uh, in the basement of his house in Orno, so he got traded to like the Suns or something and just said, all right, I don't want to deal with all this stuff. Just like he paid a company to arrange an estate sale. And so literally everything in the house had a price tag on it. Uh, the, the, one, of the, one of the patio ornaments was literally a giant gargoyle like the size of your torso. Bought that for a friend who put it on his uh, patio. It's amazing. But in the basement, Michael Beasley had two things in his refrigerator. Two giant full bottles of tartar sauce. That was it. And then some fish, fish sticks in the bad? freezer. Like, I mean, <laughs> that stuff goes bad. Yeah, it, tartar sauce is gross. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't check the expiration step. on it, but there, there okay. was not a price sure tag on the, the tartar sauce. <laughs> I wonder what. Okay. Nice house. Nice house out there. I'm sure. Well, Orno, but yeah, yeah, man. Nice kind area. of a long drive to the Target Center, though. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's like a 35, 40-minute yeah. drive. 
I think yeah. KG had a house. Uh, Tonka. KG had a house well. in Hamill at one point, yeah. I think, and then maybe moved a little further west. I think he had a place to, behind, uh, I think originally in the 90s, he had a place behind Ridgedale as mm-hmm. well, back in that okay. real nice area in Minnetonka. Nice. Anyway. Right. Bye. Sorry, Facebook status from yesterday in 2010. All aboard the crane train. <laughs> oh, and I'm obviously oh talking God. about Jesse Crane here. Uh, oh, yeah. Who, by the way, in 2010 wasn't bad. Like, was a pretty good reliever. But he, he was, was known he for... He was good for a couple years. But he was yeah. known for giving up the absolute crane bomb, which I believe also did happen in the ALDS like numerous times, not just in 2010. But I just wanted to point out that I was all aboard the crane train. The crane. You know what? Your, oh your followers, a very smart group, because it looks like you got very little traction. Yes. Yes. Well, actually, so, my childhood best friend says I am the first member of the Crane Train, so I'm going to shout out my friend okay, here, Luke. who is also a well, part good of this. Good for Luke. So I always like Luke. to see just sort of cross reference the date on these. So this was August 18th, correct? Right, correct. 2010. Crane had a couple really good years there, 2010-11. At the time, he was one of the bigger strikeout relievers in the game. He struck out like nine batters per nine innings. Now it's like that's like pitch to contact in today's baseball. So on August 18th, wow, Crane. So Crane was lights out this week. So he pitched <laughs> scoreless innings on August 11, 12, 13, day off, 15 scoreless, day off on the 16th, then back-to-back on the 17th and the 18th in back-to-back one-run wins over the White Sox, just locking down the 7th and 8th innings. He went one and two-thirds on the 18th, one hit, one strikeout, no runs to shave the ERA down to 2.75. This was one of the best weeks of Jesse Crane's career. <laughs> well, the so at the took time, notice. that's pretty good at the time. All right. Okay, what else you got for us here? Well, speaking Old of tweets exposed. Jesse Crane takes from our own Phil Mackey. By the way, for those wondering, Matt Capps greater than Jesse Crane, January 9th, 2011, <laughs> probably when Crane bolted from the Twins and signed mm. elsewhere. Did he? I'm guessing that he did. that when he bolted? Mm. Let's see. Okay, here's a question to myself here. Who's wondering? Like, yeah. I suppose at the time the Twins bolted. Because the, the, the way. The Twins well, were still a very good team at the time in January 2011. They had not fallen off the map yet. Exactly. So, so yeah, he did go to the White Sox okay. for 2011. So that's probably me being like. Calm yeah, down, guys. Matt Capps. He's better. Tw- twins don't need him. Yeah, I bet you saw a tweet that said, you know, how could they let Crane go to the White Sox? And you were like, hold on a second here. Matt Capps yeah. is better. <laughs> Who needs so, Wilson Ramos? What, what happened to Crane? Who, by so the way, Crane... is still playing for Cleveland. Yeah. He was just here. Yeah, he was. He's like, still playing. He's like my age now. <laughs> okay. You guys did, so Crane must have had some arms. So Crane was 31. Yep. In 2013, his third year with the White Sox, he was only 31 years old. It was his only career all-star appearance in the, in the 38 games he pitched that year. So he basically pitched a half season, a .74 earned run average, and 46 strikeouts in 36 innings, and he was an all-star, and never pitched again. Hmm. Literally never pitched again hmm. in the big leagues. I don't know, if, shoulder, I can't remember what went wrong with him. but uh, I, think, I, I think your take was definitely correct at the time. Mine was more like, well, mine was wrong because Matt Capps was not better than Jesse Crane. Yeah. So we'll see what Judd has in store. Uh, J- Judd has no um, Jesse Crane or Twins reliever takes, uh, but he does have a Jake Browning take. August 7th, 2019. We are two days out here from a new edition at Score North. It will be doing Ventline after Vikings games in the preseason starting on Friday. As soon as the it's game ends, well. Manny Hill and I will be taking your calls to demand Jake Browning be given chance. <laughs> 
at the start <laughs> at quarterback. Well, yeah, that's in jest, though. So you know what? Is it though? Is, is it, it though, Zolgad? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because and by by the way, by the way, just note to self. Never do event line after preseason games, or you will be left talking a lot with no calls. Yeah. Yeah. People don't no. really care about preseason games. No. Well, and when it's done, they don't think about it, which, you know, good for them. Yeah. They shouldn't think about it. But um, I'm going to say, and I believe, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think we skipped old tweets exposed last week, possibly. Mm-hmm. And, and I had, and I had um, in air quotes, won the three previous times. I'm going to vote for Dex this time, though. The crane, all I, aboard the crane. crane train. I like the crane train. Yeah. All right, I'll vote there with you too. Okay. All right, Dex. All right. Congratulations. I'm back. Uh, so your Jake Browning tweet there from 2019 was that sort of was that mocking the people that wanted Kyle Sloter to be given a real look? Was that the summer of Sloter? Uh, yeah, I think it was. I think it was, and and that is actually the last time that Jake Browning played in a game before last Saturday because they didn't have a preseason in 2020. Okay. But uh, I think that was a being smart ass. So. Okay, the summer of Slaughter. Summer is he, is he on a roster? The summer right of Slaughter's father. I think he was with Detroit at the end of last season, and I don't think he is right now. I'm sure his dad's. Why would you? Why would you not? Just from like you know, just from a ticket selling standpoint, why would you not want the greatest preseason quarterback in modern NFL history? That was gosh, was that a, gosh, was that a lot about nothing? Yeah, it looks like he's a free agent. No, but and, like, but like people were literally like, I know, fighting it and ended, like Vikings it Twitter was. It ended friendships. For, yeah. Absolutely. It, there, it was, there was there was there was internal rifts at score like people, it was bad. It's fu- it's funny yeah. now in, in hindsight, people think like, oh man, the Trump presidency was really tough on it broke up families. No, believe sl- that the summer of Slaughter, the summer, summer of Slaughter broke up families. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you believe what my uncle is posting about Kyle yep. Slaughter? Yep. I can't look at him at family hey, gatherings. Christmas is over. I am <laughs> I am not a Christian Christmas anymore. I'm finding a new religion. The summer yeah. of Slaughter. The summer of Slaughter destroyed bonds mm. that had been tied for years. Yep. Well, that's Reckless Speculation Thursday. Reckless Speculation. And um, by the way, uh, by the way, <laughs> we've got former Vikings general manager from 1998, by the way. Jeff Diamond is uh, doing some Vikings training camp reports on Score North Radio, presented by select Minnesota Buick GMC dealers. So, uh, you can listen for those on AM fifteen hundred or live.scorenorth.com in the mornings and the afternoons, and you can get some uh, interesting training camp insight from from Jeff Diamond out at practice every single day. Cool. So he is there a lot, grinding away. Yeah. So all right, that's a wrap on today's episode. Daily Vikings conversations as well on our other daily show, Purple Daily. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Action movie rewind comes back tomorrow. Oh, yeah. The arm wrestling classic over the top Can't with wait. Sylvester Stallone. Turn that hat backwards and flex those biceps. Two boys. pages of notes, boys. I've got two <laughs> pages of notes. Love it. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Tread. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton. 
motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.